You know the feeling you get after you hear your favorite song for the first time? All you want to do is play it again and again, so it stays stuck in your head forever. Well, what if you could only hear it once and that was it? What would you do? Let's hear it from Little Pete. W-A-R-T, Ward Radio, Wellsville. Good morning, gut buckets. Time to wipe the crud from your eye sockets and bite the wind of another Wednesday. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And I'm Logan. And this is episode, oh man, 172? <laughs> I think it's two. <laughs> One or two. <laughs> Is anybody actually checking these numbers anymore? <laughs> I'm trying to keep track, but I uh, forgot to look, double check this one. Um, but uh, we're talking Pete and Pete, Harder Days Pete. We sure are. Uh, this is... I'm not going to be able to like disguise it until we get to one of our ratings. Um <laughs> This is just really one of my absolute favorite Nickelodeon episodes of anything. Um, so I'm just so excited to talk about it. Uh, I loved revisiting it. I can't, just like Wacky Deli, I can't believe we're 170 plus episodes yeah. in and just getting to it. Um, but I'm happy we're getting to it. And Logan, you reached out as someone who was uh, really interested in talking about it. Are, are, are you a Pete and Pete fan? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd say this is actually, I agree with you, one of my all-time favorite Nickelodeon episodes, period, of, uh, of any of any show of 90s Nickelodeon. Um, yeah, big Pete and Pete fan. I actually have a uh, an RD tattoo like a, on my bicep. Right. <laughs> Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, he actually, and, uh, he actually commented on it, too. He was like, uh, yeah. when I sent a photo on Instagram, Toby Hutz was like, that's crazy basically <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing what, what is Artie doing in the tattoo he's flexing like he's doing the Artie flex with both arms yes um, i'll think yeah, you guys perfect. a photo after yeah cool. <laughs> Artie had Artie has some very good moments in this episode as he yeah. usually does yeah. um and you uh you know sometimes we've read um letters or messages from you as ivy boy so anybody who's kind of wondering maybe who you are as far as big orange couch alias uh you go by ivy boy on social media correct yeah that's me <laughs> and uh that of course is also kind of directly c- connected to this episode that's a uh, polaris uh the band who plays the theme song the band who's in the garage in this episode uh that's a polaris song is that your favorite polaris song Honestly, uh, no. I think the one featured in this episode. I think Summer Baby's still my still my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. But definitely Summer. Yeah, Baby. yeah. Summer Baby is kind of a, a weirder social media name. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be read a lot of different ways. Yeah. Andrew, do you have a favorite player song? I'm not sure we've ever talked about this. Um, man, it's tough, but the one that I like, I immediately sticks out in my mind is always uh waiting for october yeah this song that song i think has been extremely relevant this year 
in particular yeah. this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I I would actually go Ivy Boy. Ivy mm. Boy's always been my uh, my jam. I just think it's like lyrically perfectly. Cr- uh, you know, Mark Mulcahy, the the lead singer here, all his stuff. If you haven't checked him out, Miracle Legion, Polaris, mm. and then his solo stuff. He's just a great lyricist. Yeah, there's a tribute uh-huh. album actually too, um, with like I think like Radioheads on it. Like there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of artists, and one of them, a couple of them are actually Polaris songs. They do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I particularly love the track from that uh, by Dinosaur Junior. They do the backyard. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a real jam. Totally. Unrelated to the podcast, but um, related in that it's a TV show. Uh, did you guys watch? Um, I don't know if you guys have caught uh, the High Fidelity series. Ah, uh, yeah, I watched some of it. Yeah, man, I I thought it was great, and I was just very up to set to see that it was canceled after one season. I appreciated how they kind of tried to make it more relevant uh, with our times now. I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway. I was I wasn't even aware there was one, so no, I definitely oh. haven't. Well, it. I still recommend watching it anyway. It's still worth it. I, I maybe it's a good maybe I should just make this admission, but I'm I'm actually not a very big high fidelity fan. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I love it. As yeah. a as a lover of music, there's something like I, I know I should love it. <laughs> I, it might be John Cusack. I don't, mm. I don't know. He's a little he's a little just like sad bastardy kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's almost too sad. <laughs> I, think, I think I think I would like I like High Fidelity a lot, but I do think, you know, they really tried to appeal to the masses with the music choices they made. Like like I yeah. think in reality if they were serious music geeks, they wouldn't be talking about <laughs> Green Day and like <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got to make it kind of relatable. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they got a movie to sell. Um <laughs> I meant to ask, Logan, do you play music? Uh, yeah, uh, my band's kind of been on a little break because of COVID, but um, I play in a noise rock band called Cadaverette, uh, where a um, like a female fronted, kind of like um, if Kate Bush and the Melvins kind of had a baby. It's like wow, um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, we actually got to open for like Lightning Bolt and. Um, that was the one that stands out the biggest, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. We're, yeah. It's pretty interesting stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, cool. re- that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and so did, did, does this episode, when did you like get into music? Were you like little Pete's age when you were just like hit by it? Yeah. Bit? You know, I started playing guitar probably about the year this episode aired. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Funny enough. And I just remember like the struggle, like little Pete had at first and like, they made obviously they did it a little faster in the episode, but you know, like you guys, yeah. you mentioned you guys on the last episode mentioned uh, getting into one of you guys getting into guitar, or both of you at that time maybe, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, found uh, Andrew's a Andrew's a drummer. I don't know if this uh, Andrew did this episode <laughs> inspire anything in you. Um, I think it probably uh, helped like push me be interested in being in a band at all yeah you know like seeing this episode was probably like uh planted that seed in my head about it i guess yeah it's such a unique thing to see like on a kid's show a kid kind of fawning over a garage band for 45 seconds you know it's just (laughs) a weird 
it's it's not weird, but it is weird for what it was. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think a lot of it kind of pertains to like the time period too. You know, like with with grunge so big and like you know just alternative music at that time. I really think Pete and Pete was just so it was just they like they, they got a pass with that. So for like Pete and Pete to be able to do something like that, I think it was still very in their wheelhouse. You know, kind of yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, this uh, this episode, Hard Days Pete, aired on Sunday, January 16th, 1994. It was uh, mm. episode eight, meaning it was the last episode of season one, a little bit of a shortened season compared to season two and three. And we hadn't uh, talked about January of 1994 before. So would you guys like to hear a little bit about what was happening in the 90s during January of 94? Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, ice skater Nancy Kerrigan is attacked by Tanya Harding's bodyguard. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. boy. This was, I mean, this was a seminal moment in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was a big one. Uh, yeah. Really crazy to think about. I wonder if this st- kind of stuff happens all the time and it's just like people get away with it or whatever. I mean, this one. I mean, not, maybe unique, not. Though. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not as, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what the word for it. Uh, yeah you know extreme uh, is this yeah there there was that uh, michael jordan documentary recently the last dance where they kind of talk about maybe he was food poisoned in utah during the finals mm. yeah um, but a lot a lot of people are skeptical of that i think <laughs> i don't know uh but two days later tanya harding ends up winning the u.s female figure skating championship so a real uh, you know i guess in a way it paid off for her kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Queen Elizabeth falls off her horse and breaks her left wrist. Pretty, pretty uh, yeah. dramatic, I guess, for those in the UK. Um, the 51st Golden Globes are held, uh, and the big winners uh, that year are Schindler's List, uh, Tom Hanks, and Holly Hunter. Tom mm. Hanks, it was probably Philadelphia, I'm guessing, at that time. Yeah. Yeah, he was on a roll, right? I think it probably was <laughs> Philadelphia. Um, Because I think he went, what, Philadelphia, uh, Forrest Gump. Saving Private Ryan after that. Yeah, Toy Toy Story. Yeah. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he was on a heck of a run. Uh, Oh, Apollo 13. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Super Bowl 33 is played. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys defeat the Buffalo Bills 30 to 13. Um, Cesar Romero, uh, the American actor, dies that month at 86. People would probably know him mainly as uh, the original Joker from the Batman series. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Irving Kahn, uh, the American inventor of the teleprompter, dies that month. Hmm. And uh, a pretty important marriage, the CEO of Microsoft, Bill Gates, marries Melinda French. Uh, and they are... Uh, I think I think people know who they are. So, uh, TV that month, January of 1994, we have the premiere of such shows as The Critic. Ah, love it, Andrew. You, you in particular, were like one of the first people I'd ever met to be like, "You're really missing out if you're not watching this show." <laughs> well, it's, it still um, holds true. I think. Yeah, have you revisited it? Oh yeah, I mean multiple times. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's okay. great. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe I got to do it. Oh, yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> uh, we have the George Carlin show. 
um, America's Castles, which I didn't watch, but it sounds, I mean, I love those type of shows where you're just like going into like mansions and castles and I love that type of stuff. <laughs> Interesting fact. Uh, we also have the premiere of Babylon 5, um, but more uh, notable to our audience uh, in January of 94, uh, Nickelodeon's Doug ends oh, that month. Boy. Man, that oh, seems man. early. I know, right? In January yeah. 94. 94. I mean, well, what? Four seasons? Four seasons? Five, I think it's five. Before. I think it is five. Yeah, I think I, it's I'm pretty five. sure it's five. Okay. Um, but it's yeah. a quick five because I think, yeah. what, it starts in 91? Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, I think you're right. Four seasons on Nickelodeon. Uh, okay. 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 Um, music that month, we for three weeks, have the song Hero by who else? Mariah Carey. Uh, and then for two weeks, we have the song All for Love by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Yeah. <laughs> Who could forget? <laughs> um, really other releases. Oh, what's up, Logan? I really wish I could. <laughs> uh, other releases that month, ZZ Top, Jimmy Eat World, Alice in Chains, Meat Puppets, and Black Sabbath all release albums uh, that yeah. month. Too high to die. That's a. I think that's an '84. That Meat Puppets album. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Alice in Chains is um. Shoot, what's that called? The uh, Jar of Flies. Jar of Flies. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, movies that month. Uh, for the first two weeks of the month, we have Mrs. Doubtfire, an American classic. Uh, <laughs> for then for two weeks we have Philadelphia, starring the Tom Hanks. Uh, and then for the last month, we have Mrs. Doubtfire again. Wow. Um, and, and, that, and, and that last month where it comes up, it had already been out for 10 weeks when it's number one for that third time. Wow. Could you, I just can't. People, movies aren't even in theaters that long anymore. No. Yeah. Um, it is good. I mean, I don't know why. <laughs> but like defies all the odds. It really does defy all the odds. I, I think I think it's I think it works because it's so grounded. If you like rewatch it, those first twenty minutes are essentially a family drama, like yeah, a melodrama. Yeah. It's pretty pretty <laughs> sad. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah. It's just amazing that they like pulled it off. It's incredible, kind of. It is. Yeah, it is. Uh, other releases that month, we have uh, a movie I really loved, but I have not seen since the '90s, which was Cabin Boy. Oh wow! Uh, starring yeah. a one-time. Uh, one-time guest on Pete and Pete, uh, Chris <laughs> Elliott. Yeah. <laughs> Good connection. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have House Party 3, which I've never seen. Hmm. No, nope. I don't think I've ever seen a third one either. I think just one in one for me. <laughs> uh, and then we have The Air Up There, um, which was a, I think kind of like there. a take on a white man can't jump type of movie. Hmm. Yeah. I know the I name, but I, I can't picture it. Yeah. If you looked up the poster, you'd definitely be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then video games. Help me out here. I, 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 I never played this game, but I know it's all, uh, you know, really popular. Is it Mega Man 10 or Mega Man X? X. X. Okay. Yeah. Me- so we have the release of Meg- Mega Man X. Yeah, good one. <laughs> so that's a little bit about uh, January of 1994. Do you guys want to get into uh, Hard Day's Pete? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Uh, Big Pete introduces us to Little Pete's radio station, Wart Radio, 
as he welcomes Wellsville to bite the wind of another Wednesday. Um, I just want to note right here, uh, the uh, beginning of this episode with the like red light turning on. Just a great, great intro. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just even the fact that like little Pete has his own radio studio in the basement. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, did you guys notice, um, this might actually, I'll wait till observations, maybe just something in that scene that I picked out. I was like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe I should wait. I'll wait. Uh, as big Pete explains, Wart has everything you'd want from a radio station, except for music. Wart had everything you'd want from a radio station, everything, but music, music just wasn't important to Pete. Every so often, somebody would call in with a request. Wart. Hey dude. Can you play Marmalade Cream? It's my favorite song. And he would always say the same thing. Get a like, jerkweed. He had a favorite smell and a favorite star and a favorite internal organ. But what he didn't have was a favorite song. Big P tells yeah. us that... Sorry. I, I, I just... Oh, I, you're about to say it. But this, this little thing here that Big Pete says... Oh, yeah, we can hear it. He just never cared enough to find one he could call his own. But as he was about to find out, sometimes you don't find a favorite song. Sometimes it finds you. I, I just love the, like, you know, sometimes you don't find your favorite song, it finds you. It's yeah. just that, like, it's it's not super poetic or anything, but it feels so real like the truth that like music finds you yeah. and um yeah there's like almost the first four or five minutes of this episode are almost like soberingly i mean it's funny don't get me wrong but it's uh <laughs> it's also like very heartfelt yeah it definitely is um and it's it's a real it's like the perfect kid thing um like hearing a song that you really love for the first time. It's just like a, you know, it, it's like normal kind of, but it captures something about being a kid, like how important that is when yeah. that happens. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the reason this episode hit me so hard, kind of what we all talked about is that I was like living it as I was watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so it just felt, it felt so real. I, I don't want to skip over here how funny this intro is. The fact that um, <laughs> Little Pete's program is like talking about uh, Mr. Hurley's hemorrhoids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and honestly, like I just adore like the simple absurdity that adults in Wellsville are tuning into Wart Radio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> there's no reason on earth that the adults should be listening to this, but they they're not only are they listening, but they're listening seriously. And I just uh, it's yeah. that notion that the kids and adults in Wellsville are connected both yeah. like in the mundane and the absurd. There's like no stink distinction between <laughs> the two on the show. I, yeah. I just love that everybody's in it together, whether it's supposed to be a kid's thing or an adult thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, I, maybe that's part of the magic of Pete and Pete is like the, tr there's like some grain of truth in everything they do on this even if it's like wacky you know oh i was just gonna say i think it really blurs the the lines a whole lot i yeah. mean and you know even like like little phrases like i don't know they just really grab you i mean one that i always think of is just how nona i don't know if you guys remember um the good and the bad and the lucky i think you guys did talk about that mm. one too 
maybe we haven't yet but we've yeah. it's come up it's a it's an yeah. episode i really like a lot where nona um says to um to monica um uh the one the like she's giving her the necklace and she says here take this one these the yellow ones taste like summer for some reason that line <laughs> I, really, I don't know why yeah <laughs> that line like like i'm a grown man that line makes me tear up kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's a great one yeah even that connection of uh what is it we always talk about it in um grounded for life when Artie walks in and uh pete wants yeah. to know what it's like <laughs> out, out there since he's grounded and like when it rains know. it when smells it rains, like summer it smells like summer <laughs> boy <laughs> boy no yeah. uh yeah it's just no. this like it's this weird blurred line between absurdist and realism and uh i just the more I watch Pete and Pete, the more I'm absolutely sure that there's just no show like it um, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Um, well, we join little Pete during the latest installment of Scab Talk with meter man Mel Ratner when Miss Fingerwood calls and warns Pete that if he's late to her class again, he'll be in danger of failing. Hello, Scab Talk. Hello, Pete. Wow, I can't believe I got through. My name is Miss Fingerwood. I'm your math teacher. And I just called to let you know that if you're late for my class again, the odds of your passing will increase to a 450 to 1 ratio. <laughs> That's about all the time we've got. Thanks for picking Scab Talk, Mel. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I don't mean to stop so much, but uh, I just got a note. Mel Ratner's um, Scab. The <laughs> oh, dump <yeah>. truck. <laughs> <laughs> Ready so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't uh, have a scab ready, that they're ready to talk yeah. about? Um, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a great start to it. I, I you know, one thing about this episode throughout is that when I think about this episode, I think it's like an essential world building episode of Pete and Pete. Mm, like, yeah. um, there's there's something about you know, I think all Pete and Pete's do it really well, but here you really get like a look at wellsville and the people in wellsville and um like even just the simple fact that like little pete stumbles upon this random garage (laughs) where there's a band playing it's just so like if it really feels like you're starting to live in the town with these people i I don't know this this episode feels essential to me to understanding wellsville yeah yeah totally um pete rides off on his bike to school but to make it on time he takes a shortcut and on that faithful day, he rides past a garage band playing a song that instantly gets stuck in his head. If he had had just an extra two minutes to get to school, none of what happened would have happened. But I guess fate has a way of putting you in the right place at just the right time. Never let a mess I made. I was around. 
this this whole sequence as he's just kind of staring at them. Yeah. You know? Like, I love that he's staring at them and they're kind of unfazed by him. You know, Malkay, he gives him kind of the cool rocker nod, like, yeah, yeah what's up? But, uh, <laughs> but it's such a, like, I don't It's it so is, iconic. It is great. It, like, slows down and there's a... <sighs> It's like there's some kind of like swell in the background in the music. Yeah. Um, it's really, yeah, it is great. <laughs> um, with the feeling of a favorite song blasting through little Pete's heart, he knew nothing could ever be the same. As he raced towards school, a strange new feeling raced through him, and suddenly it hit him. It wasn't supposed to happen. He wasn't supposed to care. But as the feeling blasted through his heart, he knew nothing could ever be the same. He had a favorite song, a song he could call his own. After he heard it, the only thing he could think about was hearing it again. After that, the song is all he can think about. But when he gets back to the garage, the band is gone. Yeah, I, I, I love this. too. This is just like achingly beautiful, like this. <laughs> This little boy who's just desperate to hear his favorite song again, just literally going to the garage and trying to lift the garage to see if they're inside. And uh, I just love it. And, uh, you know, Summer Baby is such an interesting choice, too. Like when you know Polaris is, uh, I guess they don't have a discography. Well, they kind of have a discography. But like, you know, if you know that album, those 12 songs, um, it's it's kind of a weird pick. It's not like their most accessible song. No, definitely not. Um, It almost, once I had the album, it almost bothered me that they had picked the song, but I've grown, (laughs) I've grown to love it. Of course, in context. The only thing I can think of is the like repetition in it. Um, Yeah. That chorus kind of lends itself to this episode somehow, you know, like everything that's happening. It just, it, it, I don't know. It fits perfectly. Um, Yeah. But okay, I also love uh, in this scene, little Pete finding the guitar pick. How big um, it is, man! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the size of his palm. Um, <laughs> there's something just like so perfect about that. Not finding the band, and then there's just this one little piece remnant left yeah. over. Yeah, oh, and it's the perfect thing for the story, of course. Um, So little Pete looks through the family CD collection, the music charts, and mom even uses the metal plate in her head to scan the airwaves while Artie searches the globe for the original signal. (laughs) Yeah, perfect Artie. Yeah, it's a great shot of like Artie being somewhere else entirely. Uh, Yeah. That's funny. Um, Also, this is like a great, another uh, great Pete and Pete shot where like Uh. it's him looking through the music charts or whatever. Um, I just love that thing. Like it's almost like cartoonish. Um, yeah. I also, the shot of little Pete on the roof with the radio, the, oh, yeah, the transistor yeah. radio. I, I, and it just kind of cranes out with him sitting on that roof. It's, ah, it's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> I know this isn't probably interesting podcasting to just be sitting here and be like, Oh, it's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. But, no, I mean, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah. There's no other way to like, it's, it's, it's better You're than. Tr- it's like trying to, things. yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to explain these things that like really, that kind of transcend the 
like elements of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And this episode feels particularly like seared into my psyche. And um, <laughs> so like as I'm talking about it, I'm not it's not as if I'm talking about like an episode of Rugrats, even though I did love Beach Blanket Babies it, or, you know, I'm not talking about the tale of badge, which, you know, right. that was a lot of yeah. fun, but it's not like. It, the tail of badge didn't become part of my being. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it'd be pretty, it'd be pretty effed up if it did, but uh, you know, hard days, Pete feels like, you know, maybe a, a very micro part of it, but like a part of my being, like a part yeah. of like this, like era of my life that was like, Oh, it's okay to be like in a garage band and to like try to write your own songs. Um, so this feels like weird to even talk about in the normal way that we talk about these episodes because it's so, uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just hard me. I just think it's really great how like with Polaris, especially how they really, I don't know. They did this really gives them the, like the high five. Cause I mean, like they're yeah. such an intricate part of this show in general. I mean, I think their yeah. music, like, like it just, that just every song just sets the mood for that mood. Like, it's like the perfect mood music, mood music for whatever's happening in Pete and Pete. Like just the way they cut out the certain parts of the songs. It just, I don't know. It's, it just yeah. sets the tone really, really well. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, totally. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's part of the fabric of the show. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Pete looks to his listeners for help, but the song is quickly slipping from his mind. As a last ditch effort, he climbs onto the roof at night when the reception is best and points his radio to the sky but it's no use. Pete finally had to face the truth. The only place the song existed in the world was in his own head. And if he didn't do something soon, it would be lost forever. He had one last hope. When mom and dad heard that Pete wanted to experience the joy of playing a musical instrument, they were thrilled. Using the electric guitar his parents bought him, he starts to experiment. First, he demonstrates the power of feedback by turning his Audi <laughs> belly button into an innie. <laughs> Instead, Pete chose a Krebstar 3000 Eviscerator. He had no idea how to play it, but if he ever wanted to hear his song again, he'd have to figure it out and fast. Pete began his quest by discovering one of the most powerful forces known to man. Feedback. He showed me what it could do with a little demonstration. Audi. And any. Here's one of my, like, one of two, like... I'm not sure about things in the episode. I love the joke first. I mean, let's just like, this is a great yeah, joke. Yeah. Uh, but shouldn't it go from any to Audi? Mm. Like, wouldn't it blow the belly button out rather than in? Yeah. You... Or, is the, or is the sound so fierce that it's like I pushing think, it in? Yeah. I think that's what it's supposed to be. Like it's <laughs> such an intense force hitting him. Not, not, not to jump ahead, but like, yeah. You know, we get to a, a point where he talks about a chord that blows something yeah. out. Yeah. So, you know, it always seemed a little backwards. Um, yeah, the next one's him blowing the lint out with the E chord. Um, the next discovery, the mighty E chord, 
which when played properly, will blow the lint out of an innie like a cannon. Then came the whammy bar, which made a sound that for some reason affected Artie like deadly kryptonite. Powers useless growing weaker. And this, oh, <laughs> this is a. <laughs> I know this is going to like sound like hyperbole, but it's not. This is a joke I think about as someone who plays guitar a lot as <laughs> it feels like number one, such a perfect analogy analogy because the like E major is just such a like even E minor. It's just such a uh, it's a good it's a great it, with distortion. It's a great chord to play. But uh, I think about this almost every time. I'm playing guitar and like jamming on it. And if I hit that E, I'm like, there's that E. <laughs> there's that, there's that belly button lint E. Um, it's such a great joke. Yeah. Um, and it looks hilarious too. Like, I don't know if it's backwards or what, but it looks very funny. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, and finally he discovers that the whammy bar renders Artie's powers useless. <laughs> Another amazing joke. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they clip to Artie like writhing on the ground somewhere <laughs> else. <Yeah. laughs> um, finally, shredding the guitar in a desperate attempt to keep the song from disappearing forever, he stumbles on the sacred riff. Yes. Is um, yeah. What I feel so happy for him. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. I mean, just this like him just kind of like hitting it as hard as he can i mean just like exploring everything he can and then nailing it somehow like accidentally landing on it yeah is this the shot where we see like little pete in the garage and the garage is kind of glowing and you can only see his feet man yeah i'm talking about i think so It, it it's like right before a commercial break and he's jamming on the riff and uh the gl- the garage is just glowing, but all mm. you can see is little Pete's feet and like the the cord dangling down. Yeah. It's such a cool shot. Hmm. I, I guess I missed that. I'll have to look for it again. Um, the only thing left for Pete to do is to put together a band. Soon, the blowholes, comprised of Elma Cooter Fingerwood on bass, <laughs> <laughs> Clem Mutton Chop Linnell on drums. And Lightning Mel Ratner on lead guitar make their live debut over War Radio. Pete's band made its North American debut live over Wart Radio. On bass guitar, her head may be filled with numbers, but her veins throb with gasoline. She's Elma Cooter Fingerwood. <laughs> Heart times soul equals rock and roll. On drums. A kid who's wanted in 21 states for the crime of rockin'. He's Clem, Mutton Chop Linnell. My daddy was a rattlesnake, and my mama wore a six-gun. On lead guitar, he reads your meters, now he's ready to rock your world. He's Lightning, Mel Ratner. Oh, sorry. Man, my brain was flipping like a pancake. <laughs> And on rhythm guitar, I'm Pete, Thunderball Wrigley. And together, we make up the blowholes. Count us down, Cooter. Uh, 1.1, a 1.2, a 1.3. Let's rock! (laughs) I know we're a broken record, but 
holy cow, the name, the holy, the names on Pete and Pete are just masterpieces. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> um, and I love this idea that he just like collected everybody in his vicinity to try to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Again, uh, the the blurred line between adults and kids doesn't yeah. really seem to matter here. <laughs> no. Uh, his math teacher, who seemingly hates him, is like down to rock on base. <laughs> Uh, um, they play the riff over and over hoping the rest of the song will come out of them over the weekend but the band finally gets worn out to keep them from quitting Pete agrees to try playing some other songs meanwhile Fred Hurley sick of the racket calls Don and puts the pressure on to cut the blowholes off (laughs) also we should mention that uh, the name for a band the blowholes is incredible (laughs) yeah So it's supposed to be imitated, like the song that he plays when Fred Hurley calls. Is that supposed to be like a, like a like a Stooges esque kind of situation or like what? I don't know. Wh- which one? Which one do they play? Do they play like, Marmalade? Cream? No, no, no. It's it's guitar smashing down. It's oh just yeah. Victorian stuff. <laughs> oh yeah 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 um yeah the. Uh shoot i had oh that song's called pile driver if you want to search <laughs> oh, thank you uh, it, it's on youtube it's it is it was created just for the show but um yes it's if you search youtube pile driver pete and pete i think the song will come up i you know i'll, I'll play it here in the background so people can kind of rock out yeah. <laughs> uh while he hates to be the bad guy don goes on wart radio and breaks the news <laughs> That he can't afford the $700 electric bill, and that if the band can't find a way to pay for it, they're going to have to quit playing. Two Uh, two things here. Why does Don do this on the radio show? (laughs) (laughs) I get the impression that's like the only way Pete would talk to him. The only only way to get an audience. Um, And uh, of course we have this like iconic joke of... uh, Don telling Pete they need to talk. W-A-R-T, Ward Radio. So, you don't like the taste of coffee, but you drink it anyway. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Pete, it's time we had a little talk. You know, father to son. That's okay. Artie and I already had that talk. <gasps> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Joyce fainting. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, again, one of those kind of classic Nick things of how did this make it into the episode? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as the blowholes are packing up their things, they get an unexpected call from Big Pete, pledging $5 to play his song. What? Hi, can you play Marmalade Cream? Get a life, jerkweed. If you can, I'll give you five bucks. Yeah, we can play it. Thanks. Wellsville, are you ready to rock? Then call Wart, and the Blowholes will play your favorite song. If you make a play, only five bucks a song. And if we can't play it, we'll pay you. It was a risky move, but the only way for the Blowholes to keep rocking was to pay Dad's electric bill. And the way Pete figured it, since they were broke, why not get the whole town to pay the bill for them? Um, I, I really like this uh, bonding moment between Big Pete and Little Pete. Like, every once in a while they f- find a way to, like, 
don't know, to meet the other one halfway, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Big Pete in this episode is his role is simply narrator slash like supporter of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, you know, I, I, I haven't counted. I just don't know how many episodes there are. And certainly there's a lot of episodes about little Pete where he's a narrator. Um, yeah. But he's also like very much enabling, um, <laughs> and you know, not that he, he's supporting a bad thing, but he's yeah. just really supporting little Pete here. Yeah. Uh, before long, they've racked up $230, and they send out a long-distance dedication to Mr. Tasty. From the kids on Cranston Street, going out to the man who saves our lives every summer, Mr. Tasty. We miss you, Tasty, wherever you are. I'm looking down the street where we lived, and it's long. Oh, I love this. I mean, wait, wait, is this summer wind or you painted my world? Which summer, summer wind? Yeah. Summer wind. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Amazing, and just like just bringing up Mister Tasty's like it's weird. It's almost like it's almost like by the time I saw this, I was already uh, nostalgic <laughs> for that episode. <laughs> I. I I go to, I get to tears. Uh, the the my summer vacation episode. My I, my every time I watch it, my wife looks over at me at the end. She's like, "Are you crying?" Like, no. no, I'm not. Okay. Oh man, what kind I of mean, person would you be if you didn't cry? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's um again like what kind of what I mentioned like the world building here of that the math teacher who we already kind of know is playing bass in little Pete's band. They're dedicating a song to Mr. Tasty. Who's this other character we already know. You know what I mean? Like it's really starting to feel like a world by the end of season one. Yeah, for sure. Um, when they get up to $500 in pledges, they get a call from Fred Hurley who offers them a deal, a hundred dollars or pull the plug. If they can't play the impossible (laughs) surf and fun. (laughs) something about this uh has always kind of stuck in my mind like this song and just the idea that like this is the ultimate impossible (laughs) song (laughs) for sure (laughs) also the fact that they right they don't know how to play this one but already like kind of wills it through his body (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, one hemorrhoid sufferer had heard enough. All right, you mutant. It's time to raise the stakes a little. You play my song, I give you a hundred bucks. You can't play it, you pull the plug. What's your poison, buttweed? Surfing bum, surfing fun. The band was baffled until Artie saved the day. He just shows up and I think like air guitars it basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which would imply uh, already has superpowers. Yeah, some. Yeah, yeah, I think he does have real superpowers. They're just like weird, kind of yeah, not useful generally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dad is so proud of Pete that he calls in the final pledge to put them over the top. 
but seeing everyone enjoying their song so much only makes Pete miss his song even more. To find it, he leaves the band and goes back to the place where he first heard it. When he gets there, all he can remember is one note, but soon the band follows and they encourage him to let the song find him. And as he plays the note in the spot he first heard it, the song suddenly comes home. Rock and roll never dies, Thunderball. Bite me, Clem. Maybe you've been trying too hard to find it. Why don't you let the song find you again? He had no idea what Mel was talking about. But as he walked over to the exact spot where he had first felt the feeling, something strange came over him. Everything about this is just so... I don't know, it's like um, pretty emotionally intense for a kid's show, I guess. Like, he finally has to, like, discover himself by um, learning to let go, in a way. Um, it's just, I don't know. As the music echoed through the night, Pete didn't care if the whole world knew his song was around. Even the entire universe could listen in. The song was his, no matter who else heard it. And now that it had found him again, he was going to make sure he never, ever let it go. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's so good. It's, I mean, like... <laughs> you, you know, the notion of needing to find something in order to find something, you have to create something, you know, like that process of, yeah. I think it's like every artist's process that like all pieces of art stem from a piece of inspiration and, uh, you know, inspiration leading to creation. I don't know. It's just, a it's a good one. It's a great one. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love him going back to the garage. Even that is like amazing. That's right. his, like, how he goes to find the song. And, um, it's like this, the amount of time between the, uh, the pledge drive and this happening is a little short, but somehow they managed to make that, like, not seem weird. Um, yeah. And then in the final segment of just, like, them finally playing the song and rocking out to it throughout the credits, um, it's just very good. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I do let I do love that they just kind of let it roll through the credits. In fact, it's one of my main memories of uh, when I first saw the episode. Is like, oh, this is weird. They're just still playing as they're yeah. Um, yeah, it's a cool choice, and just the fact that you never see Polaris again. It's not like they like show up at the yeah. end. Like, you know, I feel like on any other show, players would show up at the end again and like hear the yes. kids hearing hear their band playing like cool dude, like <laughs> yeah, yeah <let's> jam. <laughs> but yes. like no, 
they're just gone. Like they're, you know, just as, just as miraculously as they're there, they're gone. Yeah. That is amazing. Uh, something that like, I feel like that type of thing is even, um, difficult to, it's like a lot of adult shows don't make that kind of quite that kind of decision. Even yeah. it's like a yeah. story decision that really pays off. Um, but it's, feels like dangerous almost i don't know <laughs> no doubt um okay cool well do we want to talk about some of the stuff that went into it yeah hi this is bios trivia ratings and stray observations obviously we can talk about the band uh marshall crenshaw um the um, wrote actually uh till i hear it from you for the band the gin blossoms um, oh. <laughs> he, he actually also played a fake John Lennon on Broadway and also starred in La Bamba. Um, and yes. then as buddy, as buddy Holly, right? His buddy Holly. And you can yeah. also, I mean, with Sid Straw, I mean, she's pretty, also pretty, pretty famous. Um, yeah. She played in the Golden uh, Palo- Palominos uh, with Michael Stipe, who like was an in and out member, I guess. And. I mean, it all just seems like one big circle of musicians yeah. like, connecting with Pete. Pete. But um, yeah, I mean, those those are the For couple sure. things I got. Yeah, um, I just want to add about uh, Lightning Mel Ratner. Uh, he also <laughs> appeared on Viva Viva Variety in one episode. Oh, uh, oh. Do you guys remember that show? Yeah, uh, I mean, not <laughs> until the moment you said it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, wow! What show? What channel was that? MTV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I took a look at the director of this episode. That was uh, Barbara Kenowitz. Um, this is the only episode of Pete and Pete she directed, which is kind of amazing because uh, it's a really well-directed episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, before she did Pete and Pete, like a lot of people who came to Pete and Pete, just seemed like she was kind of involved in the comedy scene. Um, she directed a series uh, called Pulp Comics, um, which included Jim Brewer, Carolina Ray. Uh, among among some people, uh, she also worked for the Biography Channel on a on the show Biography, which would kind of like, you know, just take a look at people or things. And so she directed the episodes on Black Sabbath, Brett Michael, Cheryl Crow, and Kenny Chesney. Huh. Uh, so she she also seems like maybe music is also yeah. kind of her thing. Um, and uh, you know, more recently, she directed something I've never heard of it, but it's called the Other F Word. Um, but it doesn't look like she does much anymore. Um, so, but a I think a very well uh, written the episode's written by Will McGrab, who we we've uh, talked about. But yes. uh, um, I think also a just like one of the better directed episodes in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, any trivia? Yeah. Um... Well, the title is, of course, a reference to A Hard Day's Night, uh, Beatles, um, which is, I, I think it's a very good, uh, you know, it, I mean, you know, it's not a hard title, I guess, but it's effective. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I think it's kind of a, like, <laughs> I think they could have, I like it. I don't know. I think there could have been, there could have been our titles, though, for sure. Yeah. 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 It, yeah it's it's kind of, it's just sure. kind of random. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> How do you guys feel about like the episodes where Peter worked in? Because um, they they do this from time to time. Um, like you mean in the oh. title? Yeah, where they like like uh, when Pete's collide or don't tread on Pete. Oh, Christmas Pete, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Christmas Pete. 
Um, I think it kind of keeps it. I mean, it keeps it consistent, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. They, I mean, they've done it quite a bit. Um, did they do that? But you know what? I feel like that was kind of a. They didn't. Did they do? Were there any third season episodes with with that name in it? Oh, Christmas Pete is third season. Mm, yeah. Is it? I thought that was second. Yeah. Season for some reason. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Never mind. I was gonna say maybe they kind of faded out of it, but. Actually, I can't. Second season might not have any. Yeah, second season. Oh no, there's Field of Pete. Okay. Um, I kind of love it. It's so yeah. dumb and ridiculous. Like, it. Uh, yeah, I really like it. I, uh, especially coming out like all the way back then. I feel like it was even weirder probably when it came out, and obviously, um, it was harder to know the name of the episode, but. It's just so goofy, um, you know. It's good. <laughs> um, well, I the, if you're looking for some of the songs in this episode, "Summer Wind," "Marmalade Cream," "You Painted My World," "Pile Driver." Um, if you go to YouTube, if you search the names in Pete and Pete, you can hear the full versions. Um, they actually recorded full-length versions of all these songs, uh, and so you can check them out. Uh, they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty rocking. As, uh, as we hear under the uh, this segment here. <laughs> Do you guys uh, know Little Pete has a band in real life? Oh, yeah. Jounce, yeah. right? Jounce, yeah. They're like, yeah. A, like a jam bandy. He's like a big fish fan, actually. Mm. Yeah. But I've heard uh, Danny Tamborelli in a couple of interviews actually cite this episode as the episode that got him into actually learning um, uh. guitar and bass. Uh-huh. That, like... Okay. Um, that like I forget I don't I don't know if it was Mel Cahey, but someone actually like sat with him and was like trying to kind of show him uh-huh. like how to play and then he became you know just like us at that age except he was actually on set with rock musicians <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> so it's uh, it's just kind of cool too to watch that with watch that in mind of like not only is like Little Pete experiences this but like Danny Tamborelli's also actually experiencing this um, yeah kind of cool yeah totally. The uh, I, just to note, the original Blowholes music is was uh, composed by Robert Agnello. Um, yeah. Based mostly, it sounds like based off of other song, like other real songs that he was trying to like emulate. Um, Definitely. Marmalade, Marmalade cream. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only one I got. Were the other ones? Did you guys figure out what the other? Uh imitation songs what the originals were or was that the only one that actually is a surfing fun surfing bum i think was supposed to be like a kind of like a safaris song okay there's a uh there's a band called the rivieras that did a song called surfing fun actually oh okay okay um it sounds different from the one in the episode but it's like a similar like uh surfing song yeah yeah um and uh the other one, uh, you light up my, or you paint my, what is it? Yeah, you that paint my world. I can't remember what it is though. Is that a John Denver yeah. or something? Um, there was a Patsy Cline song that was like, you, you, you light up. My you know, world? it was like very similar title. Um, so I'm yeah. guessing it was based off of that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just to go back for a second, uh, Robert Agnello. Yeah, um, he's you know, uh, Polaris and uh, 
the gothic archies and magnetic fields they get like a lot of love and pete and pete talk but robert agnello i think is like kind of an unsung hero he also uh, composed two pieces um oi and riding which are kind of like those sadder Uh guitar ditties you hear in this show um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. They're just bow, instrumental. Yeah, I think that might be one. Um, yeah. He. So anyway, he like. I. I don't know why he never comes up, but uh, it, when people talk about the show, but his uh, his scores are really just like you like like players like a part of the show. Oh, yeah. also the um the drum uh, Scott and Dave from Polaris also went on to perform in Frank Black and the Catholics. Oh, oh that's cool. Yep. Oh. Bass and drums for Frank Black and the Catholics. So, that's very crazy. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that I even that I definitely noticed once I got the CD is the lyrics in this version of Summer Baby in the episode are slightly different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they had to do that. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you. I'm glad you touched on this and not me because I was scared too. <laughs> Did uh, is it just one line? That, I, I I didn't go back and compare, but I know there's a line that would like not be yeah. appropriate for kids TV. I believe it's just that one line. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and my last one is Miss Fingerwood's original name was Finger Hut, but Nickelodeon found it too dirty. What? Um, it sounds like they may have chosen fingerwood on purpose just to like mess with them a little bit and they you know said that that one was okay for some reason (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) Uh, it does seem like the stuff that they were censoring was just sometimes like completely arbitrary yeah yeah, just like as a as a network, they had to give some notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some random. one guy was probably like finger hut. I don't know. That's kind of sounds not good. It's like, like okay, we'll change it, and he leaves, and it's like finger wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ten times worse. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I want to do straight observations. Yeah. Um. Did you catch the? model of the walkie-talkie Big Pete uses to, or Little Pete uses to transmit war radio? Kreb Star something? Kreb Star something? Two, 2000? <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> the old 2000. Yeah, a lot of Kreb. We got some good Kreb here. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, the electric bill, can we just note the $700? <laughs> um, if anyone's yeah. had an electric bill that high and you don't grow <laughs> marijuana, please uh, <laughs> please tell me. Um, the other, yeah. Oh, that's one. Go ahead. Yeah. I do love like the idea of them just rocking so hard. They're just cranking up that bill. Yeah. And the fact that the meter man is the guitarist. Yeah. Blows. <laughs> it's like, that's that kind of depth of writing in Pete and Pete that is, you know, yeah. if you've watched, if you've watched the show a hundred times, like we, we have, but maybe it's just like old hat, but <laughs> If you watch it, like, as if you're watching it for the first time, like, that's just such good writing. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. Uh, well, um, Big Pete says that no one in this mile radius is safe from wart radio. Oh, boy. Five wow. miles. Five miles, I'm going to say, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, five miles. 
Um, did you catch the subject of Pete's traffic report at the beginning of the episode? Oh, of course. <laughs> Fre- Mr. Fred Hurley and his hemorrhoids. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> or uh, uh, someone else. That was Artie's uh, news report, uh, but Pete does uh, have his own traffic report. He mentioned something else in the neighborhood. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the... <laughs> He mentions that the shortcut behind the blowtard's house is like moving nicely. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, and the blowtards. I'm yeah. so happy that they, yeah. they work for this. So, why didn't Klim just sell his stamp collection if they needed money? <laughs> Did anyone know? Because Klim says, I guess I'll go back to my stamp collection. Mm. Oh. Sacrifice for the band, man. Yeah, and uh, I can only... you, can't, you can't ask him to give up his dream for Pete's. <laughs> it might not be a super impressive collection. You know? Did anyone notice? Um, so this is the thing I was thinking in the beginning. Um, there's in the Wart Studio. There's like a spinning little tiny. I think it's like a little tiny oh. spinning globe, and I think it appears yeah. in other episodes. In particular, the um, New Year's Eve episode. Yeah. I think that's the same. Like when they do the time travel stuff in episodes. Yeah. I think that's yeah. like what they use. Maybe I I'm think you, Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, I, I do recall that like close up on that in that yeah. other episode. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I do think you're right. Oh, uh, Mr. Hurley calls to uh, fake request a song. Do you remember uh, what the fake song was called? Surfing bum, surfing fun. Before that request, he just calls oh. to mock. Oh, that's right. Uh. Get a life, uh, get a life blow. <laughs> Y'all, you're close. Get get a life brain drain. Oh, brain drain. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one's tough to make out. The inter- but the international adult conspiracy's latest plan, as Pete tells it on Wart. But it's like during a scene where Big Pete is like kind of talking over him. Yeah. What's the question though? Like, what's their plan? Yeah. yeah. Is it to eliminate the noise on the street? No. No. Yeah, I'm blanking. Oh. It's to cut allowance by a whopping seven percent a week. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Do you guys remember uh, what Clem Mutton Chops Linnells uh, <laughs> says about his parents? Oh, man. When they do the oh. drum, when they go through the members? Oh, mama. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> my daddy was a rattlesnake. <laughs> my mama was, wore a six gun. Oh, yeah. So good. Um, the radio... Uh, Little Pete's listening to Big Pete references what brand it is. Oh, did you catch it? Crab ah. Star something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, is it a Crab Star? It is. Uh, the two eleven. It is the two eleven. Okay. <laughs> is that the same radio uh, from Nightwalkers? I mean, Nightcrawlers. That Artie oh, uses. Man. Hmm. I, I should have looked. It sounds different to me, 211. Like, it doesn't sound like a number that's come up weird. from before, yeah. but uh, yeah. could be wrong. Hmm. I bet you there, you know, I think, I wonder if it's still up. There used to be a site 
that like actually documented all the different crab references <laughs> on Pete and Pete, which is insane, but yeah. uh, <laughs> maybe even more insane that I've looked at it. <laughs> oh, here it is. Yes. If you search uh, Pete and Pete Krebstar, it's the first website. It's called the website of Pete and Pete Krebstar products. Um, hell yes. Oh, so what do we think? Uh, it's radio products, entertainment. Let's see. Nightcrawler. No, Nightcrawler is the same one he uses for the radio show Krebstar 2000. Wow. In uh, hmm. the, fl- the flashlight in uh, Nightcrawler's Krebstar 9. 9- 9,300. Jeez. I'm looking at uh... this. is pretty good. I'm glad you just (laughs) told me about this website. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It actually categorizes the products. Um, Zeppelin. That's a, that might be the closest thing to a mistake we've come across. Oh my goodness. What do you uh, mean? Two things being named Krebstar 2000. I don't think it's a mistake. They're they're used kind of in the same way. Walkie talkie. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it wouldn't be used to broadcast. Yeah, weird. But, you know, this is a small, small yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, they, when uh, they're rocking, a trophy catches fire in the Wrigley home. Did you catch which trophy it was? <laughs> was it a bowling no. trophy? No. Uh, oh, at some point, the bowling trophy does catch fire at a different time. Okay. Um, but the first time around, it's world's greatest father. <laughs> that is a great oh, thing the God. trophies catching on fire that's a yeah that's amazing yeah um did you catch the odds against pete passing miss fingerwood's class if he's late again oh no i no i didn't bother right now <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh 450 to one. Ah, oh. yeah. yeah pretty bad uh, what song does Miss Fingerwood say she can play for them when we know any other songs? If if she asks Thunderball if he knows any other songs. Uh, she, she says she knows the backbeat to one is the loneliest number. Correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, so another product here, uh, Little Pete's Guitar. What What product is it? Uh, I think it had like an animal name in it, like Crabstar Jaguar or something. No. I believe no. it's the Crebstar 3000 Eviscerator. Eviscerator. That's, that's right. <laughs> wow. Nice job. In the, rest of, in the rest of America, it's a Fender Stratocaster, but in this case, it's, a, it's an Eviscerator. Um, did you guys catch how far away the Wrigley's house is from school? Ooh, boy. They mention it? Yeah, briefly. Wow. Oh. <laughs> 1.3 miles. Okay. Wow, pretty yeah. close. Sorry. Riding distance. Yeah, walking distance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when uh, Little Pete introduces the band, which I meant to make a note of this, it's kind of a weird, a rare moment for Little Pete where he's just kind of ta- talking and directly into the camera, mm. you know, like breaking the fourth wall oh yeah i guess he is um, he's I, introducing I, the band but it's but he is just like looking down the barrel of the lens yeah anyway uh he says clem is wanted in how many states for rocking 
man, 23 maybe. I think I say uh, 32. It, that would be 21 states. Oh. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, during the like cutscene where Pete's looking through the family CDs, did you catch any of the CDs that he's that they had? Ooh. There's a lot of them, but no, no. Is there a Kreb Zeppelin? No, but that, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, they're all like real CDs, but just to name some of the more notable ones, um, CNC Music Factory, going to make you sweat. No. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Talk Radio, Prince of Tides, Miami Vice, The Hitcher, Rumblefish, Total Recall Soundtracks, um, and Patsy Cline's Greatest Hits, and the very top CD is the Twin Peaks soundtrack. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's you really said the cool. Hitcher soundtrack? What was that? The Hitcher soundtrack, you said? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so funny. We watched that <laughs> We watched that last night, actually, for, wow. for the first time in a while. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. Um, who, uh, who does Big Pete say Little Pete's hero is? Oh, man. I don't know. You mean it's not Don? <laughs> uh, it's not Don. It's not Artie. It's Abe Lincoln. Uh, ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Uh, did you catch any of the songs on the top chart? There's a couple of bands, actually, that were, like, semi-noteworthy. We have... Do you want the songs or do you want the bands? Uh, just anything notable. I don't know. Uh, Machine Grace... Did, did you see that one belly um oh yeah yeah the spillars um the Platts, desano uh yeah. mr i don't know fahrenheit or well a couple are these, of are, are these real <laughs> some of them are real um okay. but a couple of them that i just that just stuck out to me were lime heads yeah <laughs> and <Lime> uh, <laughs> And the Viscardi band. Oh, where was the Viscardi band on their list? Uh, did you catch the I, rank? <laughs> I, I did not. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. Let's see. Just to f- fly through these, kind of. Um. When Pete is flipping through the radio stations, there's a pretty notable song that can be briefly heard when he's sitting on the roof. It's Polaris. Mm. It's um. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's not ashamed of the story I tell. It's um, it's uh, everywhere, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 It it syncs up with like Big Pete's narration. Yeah. Right? yeah. He like says the word. <laughs> um, Miss Fingerwood has a uh, sticker on her guitar. Did you catch that? Pie. Pie. Yeah. Yep. Pie. Um, besides Marmalade Cream, a few other songs were requested. Build me up, Buttercup. Yep. Um, Wango Tango by Mr. Yep. Ted Nugent and Freebird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Wango Tango. Um, and I just wanted to also note, uh, these aren't really you know questions, but um, I really liked the brief stock footage of Tasty during the song to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. just looked like looked like an old uh. Like a really old camera footage. Um, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, 
Uh, also, there's a brief shot uh, as Pete's single note rings out over Wellsville, like of um, from up above the city. And there's like a car driving through. It's at night and there's stars like filling the sky. Yeah. Um, just a really cool shot. Yeah. 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 It's cool. Um, well, let's take a look at the ratings here. Um, on IMDb, this episode has an 8.5 out of 10. And on TV.com, it has the same score, an 8.5 out of wow. 10. Um, that so, yeah, kind of strange. <laughs> uh, out, out of uh, five Kreb stars, what did you give Hard Days Pete? Um, I gave it a five out of five. Uh, there's just, I mean, for all the reasons we've talked about, but there's just something about, uh, this idea, like this idea of, um, especially back then, like catching a brief glimpse of something that you like or a song and just having no way to figure out what it was. Like yeah. we didn't have the internet at that time. It was like, uh, you know, it was, it's just such a, so reminiscent of like that time and like something weird about it. And just like how special that felt when you did find something that you really loved. And like, I think this episode just nails what it's going after. Yeah. I hope I'm not making up this memory, but, uh, this episode was on my impossible episodes list when we did that episode. Uh-huh. Uh, for the simple fact that um, he could track the song down with like three uh, of the lyrics on Google. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think that's a great point. Just like the, just the fact that this is, this episode is a product of a time period yeah. and, and more representative of most of history of how people experience music than what yeah. we're living through now. Yeah, absolutely. I also uh, give it five crab stars. Um, I just really think it's a, you know, it's one of, I would say, the quintessential Pete and Pete episodes and Nickelodeon shows. Like I said earlier, it's just uh, it really doesn't have any flaws. It's just like the characters yeah. all shine. They all everyone gets a spot, like gets a, a in the spotlight, except obviously except Big Pete, really. But I mean, it's just I don't know. It's just a really, really well put together episode that really tugs at the heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a masterpiece. Um, so this will be I'll, I'll sound the air horn. Uh, we're going straight fives, uh, which is crazy because uh, in three weeks we've had two straight fives. Well, we had Wacky Deli two with straight fives. Yeah, you um, give that a five as well. <laughs> we'll throw you on there. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a perfect episode. Like I said, it's, it means, it means a bit more to me than like, uh, the, you know, I think, um, the last one we had given a five to last year was Nightcrawlers, And I love that episode mm-hmm. and it, you know, it really, it does yeah. warm my heart and it's fun, but it's not like, um, it's not quite as essential to me as, um, you know, uh, some yeah. of these shows that we talk about. So this just feels, <sighs> Yeah, it feels totally intertwined. Not just the fact that like I was living this as a kid, but also the fact that I fell in love with Polaris. And I think maybe one of the most important parts about Pete and Pete is that it shaped my interest in music um, through the bands that were included on the show. I mean, I listened to the Magnetic Fields weekly and I, you know, have 
burnt a hole uh, in the like Polaris uh, album, and um, the so stereo. Apples and stereo, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, there's so many. I mean, there's so many more we 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 could get into, but it it became kind of my musical aesthetic. Uh, when I started writing music, it became kind of like a guiding. It just became part of like what I was interested in, and so like this episode, not solely, of course, but like it was a big part of feeling like making music was cool and being in a, you know being in a garage band was a thing, and uh, yeah. So it's a it's not just a good Nickelodeon episode. It's like a essential episode of my life. If I was like to make ten episodes that have like left an impact on my life, which might be a depressing list, uh, this would be this would be probably somewhere in the top five. Wow. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. With that. Good take. Um, I do have quotes for this episode. Oh yeah, let's do quotes. My uh, top five quotes is picked by me. Uh, our story begins on the subject of scabs. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <it. laughs> uh, smells like math spirit. Uh, Miss Fingerwood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course, my daddy was a rattlesnake and my mama wore a six gun. <laughs> um, it was a risky move, but the only way for the blowholes to keep rocking was to pay dad's electric bill. Big yeah. <laughs> and finally, I just my favorite uh, quote of this episode. Good morning, gut buckets. Time to wipe the crud from your eyes and bite the wind of another Wednesday. Heck yes, man. We've, we've of course we've talked. You know, good <laughs> yeah. morning, gut buckets part is established, but I think we've also talked about the pure yeah. poetry that is bite the wind of another Wednesday. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is so perfect. Okay. I uh, I really got to make a better attempt to use that in my everyday conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, so good. Um, okay, cool. Do you guys want to name the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I called this one Radio Pete. Oh, oh yeah. Great. Yeah, that is good. Maybe, I, I think I would prefer Radio Pete over <laughs> uh, Hard Day's Pete. Wow. I think it's just, it's just, it's it is too, a little random for like how thoughtful the rest of the episode is. And a Beatles reference, like yeah. within yeah. the universe of Wellsville, feels uh, like too weird for Pete and Pete. Like it yeah. almost feels like the Beatles shouldn't exist in uh, yeah. Wellsville. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I like Radio Pete. What do you got, Logan? I did too. I got uh, rock and roll memory loss mm, and nice. uh, the search for rock and roll memories. Ooh. Rock and roll memory loss and the search for rock and roll memories. Uh, I know which one I like better, but I'm not going to dictate it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like we have, you have to make the pick here. Which one? I'd say the second, probably the search for rock and roll memories. Okay, cool. I do. Yeah. The search for rock and roll memories. That's cool. Um, well, I, I feel absolutely sure that this should be the name of the episode, even though, uh, (laughs) even though that it would, it would have made no sense to anybody who didn't own the Polaris album, but this episode should have been called summer baby. I mean, you know, uh, it is the song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it did occur to me like the old, 
the only issue with it is that it doesn't make any sense like if you don't know exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i get it i get it but it's, it's good uh, it's good yeah. but it's, it's 2020 a... and we're naming it <laughs> yeah okay nice. all right all right we'll post them uh well, let's go back around what are they uh uh radio pete uh the search for rock and roll memories and summer baby and uh we'll post those on instagram uh which uh and you could vote um and uh we haven't read some letters in a while uh do you guys want to andrew do you want to do that yeah let's do it um so we have uh an email here from stefan who gave us his thoughts on a couple episodes uh he started um with uh, his favorite Rocco Modern Life's episode. He says, I work on Sundays and I always look forward to listening to the new episodes when I have downtime. I especially love your Rocco's Modern Life episodes and I agreed with your choices. I was, however, disappointed that you didn't mention pranksters. Um, Mm. The scene when Rocco's grandma gives Heifer a hard time always cracks me up. Also, the twist at the end blew my mind as a kid. Um, He also gave his thoughts on the badge episode. Um, he said another great episode with a great guest Uh, it should be noted that the tale of the night shift was meant to be the last episode the door labeled 65 at the end was meant to symbolize the end of the series as in 65 episodes Mm. also the wraparound ended with Gary and Sam officially giving it a go as a couple Um, oh yeah yeah. Uh, some other yeah makes a lot more sense (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> than, than Stig Holling. Um, some other observations. Um, why did Trevor even need a babysitter? He looks to be about 12 years old. <laughs> Is he, he's, isn't he supposed to be smart? Uh, also, I remember seeing this for the first time with my mom and at the end said, you see, everyone has their own special talent. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I, I love that a parent like watched Badge and was like, "See, <laughs> uh, keep up the great work." And I'd love uh, if you could read this on air. So there you go, Stefan. Uh, happy you yeah, shared your thanks. thoughts. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, this one is from Katie. Uh, she says the Rugrats episode "Beach Blanket Babies" is one of my favorite episodes. I really loved the episode, and when you guys played the ending part, I actually cried a bit. What I love about Summertime on Nickelodeon was Kids' Choice Awards, because they would show previews of movies coming to theaters in the summer. I also like that Nickelodeon did marathons with blocks like Nicktoons Summer Beach House and Spongebob's Nicktoons Summer Splash. That was really awesome. My favorite summer-related episodes from Nickelodeon would have to be Doug Hits the Scale. Love it. Yeah. Logan, do you have any favorite uh, summer du- or not summer Dugs, uh, summer Nickelodeon episodes? <laughs> oh, Jesus. So pretty much the entire series of Pete and Pete minus the Christmas. <laughs> um, the whole show, ju- the whole show, just like screams summer to me. Um, also, I don't know. Um, probably Beach Blanket Babies is up there, and oh man, uh, probably as far as Are You Afraid of the Dark goes. Um, I guess whispering was it uh, not whispering walls? Yeah, whispering walls. Oh yeah, Hey Arnold. Ho- I'm sorry, Hey Arnold Heat. My wife just yeah. chimed in. And uh, she's, like, hey <laughs> she's like, Hey Arnold Heat. Good, also, good call, wife. Gotta say, Hey Arnold. Um, Allie, this is Allison, my wife. Um, oh, hey, hey. The Hey Arnold, uh, the vacant lot one. 
Just because, uh, yeah. Just because, Mister, we say play ball like every day in the summer. <laughs> like, play ball, play ball. <laughs> yeah, I picked I picked vacant lot, and we kind of discussed that like there's nothing definitive summer, but it's baseball, so I think baseball yeah. automatically works. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um to continue, Katie's. Oh, oh shoot, email. sorry, Katie. <laughs> um, speaking of Doug hits the scale, she says i just love that episode because every time i watch it i gorge the hell out of myself with my favorite food (laughs) (laughs) my other favorite summer episode from rugrats has to be angelica's last stand even though i can't drink lemonade because of a citrus allergy i still love that episode it's very fun and has a summer feel to it i collected every rugrats vhs tape my favorite part was when the title card would pop up and i would press the pause button multiple times to make it slow motion that was very fun or katie yeah very cool thanks katie uh our last one here is from our old buddy uh jacob and this is his thoughts on another pete and pete episode range boy ah, cool. uh, he says dear gentle ben and norm had cheese scrumpkin <laughs> <laughs> bear there's a lot of bear puns here so uh bear with me i'm not a golf guy but uh range boy sure makes me want to be every time i watch the episode I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person in the world who occasionally imagines himself being Stu Benedict as he makes the perfect shot. To me, Range Boy is overbearingly fun as it mixes things like golf and bears together in a way that hasn't been attempted by mankind since. Yet, I share Joey's thoughts that it's not on par with Pete and Pete's best outings, and I'm struggling to figure out why. I think it's partly because Range Boy takes place primarily in one location, restricting the actions of the characters. Also, the range, in general, is just visually bland, and since uh, so much screen time is spent there, the story's overall look or feel kind of suffers. Strong feelings. (laughs) Do you have, uh, before I continue, do you have uh, any feelings on Range Boy? Uh, Upper tier, Pete and Pete, middle, lower? Uh, I'd say middle, probably. Okay, yeah, I think we're right there. Uh, The main characters aren't really doing anything important or earth-shattering here, which adds to the episode's frustratingly low stakes, and Big Pete acts annoyingly irritable throughout the runtime. Speaking of Big Pete, I think his reasons for keeping his identity a secret were barely passable. Pete experienced similar circumstances in Halloween-y, and it was all done better in that story. In Halloween-y, I could really sympathize with his motives for wanting to hide his identity. Essentially, Pete was worried that he was too old to be going out trick-or-treating. His fears of humiliation made sense, but in Range Boy, his fears were overblown to silly proportions. His job wasn't that embarrassing. I'd clean Artie's porta potty for a month to be able to drive around in a System 6000 Range Mobile collecting golf balls like a boss. Pete had a sweet gig, so I don't buy his attitude. What I do buy, though, is Gentle Ben. He sounds lovable. You guys seriously need to review that 2002 film with Gentle Ben getting stuck in a mine shaft. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe for Podtober? I mean, mine shafts can get pretty spooky and frightening, so why not? Ranking 3.75 Kreb stars. Are you afraid to name the episode? In Embarrassed Pete. Uh, embarrassed Pete. Uh, sincerely, Jacus Horribilis. yeah pretty strong feelings for still getting a 3.75 i don't know i mean don wrigley's in it a lot and i love don wrigley yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's a good point 
and, and, and stew is just uh, that's essential stew. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of Podtober, what are we up to next, Andrew? Well, the next time we see you or you hear us, uh, it'll be for Podtober. Whoa. Yeah. You don't yeah. know exactly what's in store yet, but a lot of good stuff, I think. Always, yeah. Um, we might put some feelers out to you guys to see if there's anything you feel we've uh, like embarrassingly omitted over the last three years as far as creepy, spooky stuff. Um, we have uh, one suggestion we've gotten from a couple people that I think we might move forward. One thing we'll do for sure, like last year, is we'll do our book club. Um, yeah. So uh, what's the book again? I've forgotten the title. <laughs> Uh, the tale of the sinister statues that's right the tale of the sinister sinister <laughs> statues uh so we'll we'll definitely do that in pod tober but uh i think otherwise we still kind of got to arrange the schedule um i know it's going to yeah. be about a month off which uh we'll miss you guys but it also takes a little more time to prep so many episodes oh you yeah. guys should definitely do gruesome gourmets for pod tober <laughs> <laughs> break down what the <laughs> well just to uh just to say, i don't know when it'll come out um i was talking to you about this andrew but there's another podcast there's an are you afraid of the dark podcast called up all night oh i don't know uh, that one i know are you afraid of the podcast those guys are pretty good yeah those guys are good there's i mean there's a lot of very good are you afraid of the dark podcasts um but this one this one's pretty good it's two friends uh one lives in the u.s one lives in australia um and they just you know they break down episodes um and they offered any uh andrew i know you couldn't do it with your work schedule so i'm gonna pick up one uh they offered any episode i wanted in season six or seven and i've chosen gruesome gourmets nice Um, (laughs) which is an episode i'm not sure i wanted to make andrew sit through (laughs) i figured i figured andrew wouldn't be too upset if i did that did it yeah i mean you know how i feel about this one i I know (laughs) I mean, but I think it's I think it's a great episode. So, um, so I don't know when that'll drop, but uh, that'll be out eventually. Um, but uh, yeah, stay tuned. Um, if you want to get a hold of us in the meantime, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. Uh, you can email us like Stefan, Katie, or Jacob did at Orange Couch Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Leave us a review. That really helps uh, us out and helps uh, people finding it, find us. And speaking of helping Logan, uh, thanks so much for sitting in on uh, this episode. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm very, I was very excited about doing this. <laughs> Glad to have you. Yeah, it was great. Um, well, uh, we hope to see you guys for Podtober.
So that's a little bit about uh, January of 1994. Do you guys want to get into uh, Hard Day's Pete? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, my bad. <laughs> um. <laughs> Hold on one second. I think uh, the dog's going to explode here. I. How do you... Hold on one second. This damn dog. I'm going to kick you out. I usually the whatever the last episode is we do before uh, Podtober, I just play Waiting for October. But on this episode, I have to play Summer Baby, right? Like mm-hmm. I can't, yeah. I can't uh, <laughs> replace it. I'm 